everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, a teacher, or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer, or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to the Special Education Advocacy Podcast with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I am so happy you're here. Friend, today we're kind of going back to our roots a little bit, and we're going to talk about inclusion. Now, the reason that we're going to talk about inclusion is because it is July, and as much as we probably don't want to think about it, For a lot of us, particularly those of us that go back to school right around the Labor Day holiday, we probably are either coming home from vacation or are planning a vacation and then are going to come back and face the music of back to school. Bump, bump, bump. So I thought, you know, what what can I talk about in July that can kind of get you pumped for school and is you know, really kind of accessible to all of us or important to all of us. And I thought, let's go back to our roots. Let's talk about inclusion. So I want to talk today about inclusion in the context of education. And I also want to kind of give you some of the like core values for inclusion. And then we'll probably wrap up and talk about the difference between inclusion and integration. If we don't get to that in today's podcast, then we will bump that to next week's. I have it all outlined, but I don't want these summer episodes to go too long because I don't want to overwhelm you in the summertime. And I've said that to you every single week. So that message is probably loud and clear. Before we dive into inclusion, I have a couple of requests. The first is, would you, if you love the podcast, would you mind going in and rating it on whatever platform you use to listen? It has been a hot second since anybody has given us a rating or a a comment. And those things really do help. They help our podcast to become more searchable. And most importantly, they do give me an idea of what you like and what you don't like and how you feel about the podcast. So I would very much appreciate if you would go over and rate wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever. Thank you so sincerely for that. While you're at it, don't forget that I host another podcast that we that I host and that we produce over at Barlow Media Company. That podcast is called Advance the Conversation. And I host that on behalf of the Department of Special Education with the University of Cincinnati. So I would love for you to go over there and give that a listen and to give that a thumbs up as well. So thank you. Thank you for those things. And then another little public service announcement. And that is, if you like what I have to say on the podcast about inclusion, of course, I have the inclusion workshop for sale on my website. And the inclusion workshop had, basically, it's a 90-minute video accompanied by a super beefy, super duper wonderful, if I do say so myself, workbook. And the workbook is honest to Pete, a compilation of everything that I tell advocates when advocates call me with inclusion cases. So Hopefully you would find that helpful if you've got an inclusion thing or if you, you know, kind of are always advocating for inclusion. I think that would be super helpful. Very reasonable. It's over on my website. You can go check it out, ashleybarlowco.com. 
Inclusion. Let's talk about the definition of inclusion in the context of education. So inclusion basically is this idea, this principle that says that we're going to ensure that all students, regardless of their ability, disability, or any different, will get equitable or equal access to education within the general education setting. In idea, the idea of inclusion means that we have to educate students with disabilities in the least restrictive environment to the maximum extent possible, and they have to be educated with their non-disabled peers in the, to the maximum extent possible. And so really kind of inclusion is this belief that everybody has a right to learn. Everybody has a right to participate. Everybody has a right to thrive with their peers, alongside their peers in an inclusive environment, in a supportive environment, which is, you know, kind of what we're all about here at Ashley Barlow Company. The one thing I want to tell you about inclusion, though, is that inclusion isn't just about plopping somebody in a classroom. It's not about your physical presence in a classroom. As we like to say, inclusion is not a place. It goes far beyond that physical presence in the classroom. Inclusion, true good inclusion, is valuing and it's accommodating. So we are valuing people's differences. We are valuing their humanity, all parts of them. We are truly understanding and we're valuing. And then we are accommodating people's needs. So we're capitalizing on their strengths. And we're meeting them where they are in order to ameliorate their weaknesses or their struggles or to support them in ways that help them to access that environment. And of course, you know, as, as we're talking about inclusion, you know, on, on a greater scale here, we aren't just talking about people with disabilities. We're people, we're talking about people that have different cultural backgrounds. We're talking about people that have different, that, you know, speak different languages as their primary language. You know, so we're kind of talking about all different kinds of things, but certainly in our venue here, we're talking about students with disabilities. So, you know, as we think about inclusion, we're talking about removing those barriers to learning, no matter what they are, and then promoting the equitable education. And so, you know, the Andrew F case gives us a really good kind of idea about what an equitable education would be. But, and, and we don't have to get into that nitty gritty here in this episode. We certainly, I, I actually have inclusive principles about interf. I think I've got another podcast episode on that. But, you know, that, that kind of teases that out even more. But what we're really talking about is we're talking about, you know, modifying your teaching methodology, modifying your materials, modifying the way that you assess students. And then promoting that positive, inclusive environment that gives everybody a sense of belonging, that gives everybody meaningful educational opportunities. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about inclusion. Inclusion is really kind of founded in equity, right? Equity is not equality. So the idea of inclusion is not that everybody gets an equal education. 
If we all got an equal education, it would not be inclusive at all. I mean, if a teacher gave Jack and me the same assignment, here's a ginormous difference between the two of us. I'm 45 years old and he's 13 years old, right? So we have totally different, we come from different generations. We have different viewpoints, you know, we have different experiences, but most importantly in this hypothetical, we also have very different learning profiles. Jack has a cognitive disability and I do not. Jack has sensory processing disorder. He has behavioral diagnoses. He has vision impairments, you know, the list goes on and on. And I do not have similar um, diagnoses to those things. And so the, you know, if the teacher gave Jack the same lecture that the teacher gave me, that would not be anything that would feel inclusive to Jack. And so we aren't talking about equal, we're talking about equitable. We're talking about equal access to education for all students, but really doing that in a way that meets everybody where they are, which is that equitable piece. So giving everybody exactly what they need in order to learn. Of course, this is kind of founded in a general not only respect but appreciation for diversity for you know kind of this idea that everybody has unique strengths that people's weaknesses or struggles should be celebrated that we all have as i mentioned a moment ago different experiences we all bring in different perspectives and that that's something that we can value and really learn from and grow together in as opposed to you know noticing those differences and then assessing some kind of negative judgment on them right so i remember when i was Oh, I don't know, probably in my early 20s, there's this German word. The word is bemerkment, and it, it literally translated would mean notice mint. And I remember thinking, oh, like bemerkment. You can notice differences on somebody and you don't have to judge them. You don't have to say that's good or that's bad. You don't have to say any of that. You can just say, well, you know, that bride chose mums at their wedding in June to each their own. That you know, that bride wore a red dress. That person utilizes a wheelchair for mobility. That mom chooses plastic bottles. That mom chooses glass bottles. That mom is nursing. That mom is formula feeding, right? We can just notice those things. And I truly believe I love humankind. I love noticing people's differences. And, and to a certain extent, you know, I like knowing why people make the choices that they make or do the things that they do. But that doesn't mean that we have to assess some kind of judgment. Rather, we could even go like 10 steps deeper and we could respect those decisions and we could appreciate the different factors that people bring to the table when they are making those decisions. Another kind of core principle or like underlying theme in inclusion is individualization, right? So, you know, if we're providing equitable education, then we have to appreciate the individuals. So this idea of individualization, you know, kind of is this principle that says that everybody has unique learning needs and everybody has unique abilities and unique profiles, right? Not just learning needs, but backgrounds and 
languages, socioeconomic statuses, interests, all of those things. And that we're going to have to take individualized approaches to meet everybody where they are. We're gonna to have to teach things different ways. We're going to have to expose kids to the same concept multiple ways so that everybody gets it and we, we're capitalizing on everybody's strengths and interests and really their challenges as well. Inclusion also involves a ton of collaboration, and that's exactly what we like here at Ashley Barlow Company. So, you know, I, I have done a little bit of reading about collaboration and something that I haven't shared with you in a long time or ever, and it was kind of an epiphany for me, but I was reading about collaboration not too long ago, like within the last six months, and I read this entire article about how collaboration has shared responsibility. And I was like, boom, that's it. That's what I think parents in special education don't recognize. You know, we all say we want collaboration. We want to work together. We want the IEP team to work as a team. And that's what I preach here at Ashley Barlow Company over and over and over again. But maybe this is an epiphany for you. Collaboration involves a significant amount of responsibility, shared responsibility between all of those IEP team members. <clears throat> so if we are going to include a child, if we are going to work on inclusion, and I'm sorry about my throat, I apologized in the last episode, it's still not great. <clears throat> inclusion really encourages, it almost mandates, that kind of collaboration amongst educators, amongst the support staff, the parents, the administrators, the entire school community. We have to collaborate. We have to share the responsibility. We have to dive into those principles of the five dysfunctions of a team and, and look at those collective efforts very, very consistently to say what's working, what's not working, and who's going to take responsibility for this particular component of this, right? So that communication, constant communication, and the divvying up and, and ownership of responsibility is a huge, huge, huge important component in inclusive practice. Then accessible learning environment. Yeah, I mean, like we, we have to, this is the next principle that I have kind of brainstormed for for inclusive environments, like like characteristics or themes in inclusive environments. So the idea is accessible learning environments. When we have inclusive environments, we are creating an environment, not just a collaborative spirit, not just teaching practices, but the entire environment is accommodating to people with needs. You are a sensory seeker, here's your spot. You are a sensory avoider, here's your spot. You like to escape when you have, you know, a writing task, here's your spot. You need a weighted pencil, here you go. How about the lights? How do the lights feel for you? How often do we need to have recess? What about music? What about the smell? What about the environment? So we have not only this environment with all of the tools and the spaces and the the vibe, but we also have a culture. We have a culture that values that diversity and values the humanity that is walking in the door every single day. So we're talking about the environment and the modifications and the accommodations, but we're also still talking about that underlying current of like, yeah, yeah, 
you're you're seeking right now. You go right over there. I got you. I got something for you. When I was writing this, I was thinking about Jack, who just turned 13, as you know from last week. And so something that we're realizing is Jack was Jack is a very little guy. He's like in the 20th, 25th percentile or less for height, even on the Down syndrome charts, which I know are not best practice, but we still like to look at them just to see, you know, and again, they are not like super valid, but the fact of the matter is he's pretty short, might not get to five feet tall, but, and he's gained a lot of weight recently. So up until like 12 and a half, we could pick Jack up. If he was having a hard time transitioning, you know, leaving a party or I don't know, coming downstairs for dinner at a family dinner or something like that, we could pick him up. We called it a heavy extraction. And to Jack, that was wonderful because it got him out of the sticky situation. And something that we're now realizing is it gave him a ton of sensory input. It feels really good to be held. You probably haven't thought about it in a second because, you know, how often does an adult get held like a baby? But I think it felt really good for him to be held. And so now we can't pick him up and he also can't get that sensory input because we can't hold him. And so I have started to try to hug him while he transitions places. Situations where I used to pick him up, I've tried to say, you know what, if you'll walk over here with you, I'll hug you on the way. And usually it's just a second that he needs a hug and we kind of walk as a unit and it's awkward and uncomfortable and eventually we think it's pretty hilarious. But you know, that's environmental. Like how amazing would it be if you walked into a school where somebody needed like, you know, pats on their back to fall asleep at nap time and there's an aide right next to him patting their back because that's what they need when the aide knows that. The learning environment is inclusive in and of itself. And I think the last kind of component to inclusion that I that I want to feature today is professional development. You know, these concepts are always changing because society is changing. Our values, our interests, <clears throat> our perspectives, our experiences, they're always changing. And so if we are going to really promote inclusion in an environment, we are going to have to really prioritize professional development that centers on inclusion. So we have to continue to train our teachers, to train our staff, to train the entire school community in inclusive practices and setting up these environments and really, you know, buying in to this idea of respecting and acknowledging and loving humanity. This obviously will equip educators with strategies and practices, but also will allow schools to have these unifying moments where they can come together and really celebrate the diversity and exciting differences in their school communities. So next week, we will also talk about a new inclusive topic. You know I love to talk about this. I could go on and on, so I've kind of broken it down into chunks. But we're going to spend a little bit of time on inclusion. And then I am starting to plan my third quarter 
podcasts. And so if you have a guest that you would like to suggest to me, you can connect us by DM on social media. You can connect us by email. You can just contact me and tell me who you think I should reach out to. I don't do a whole lot of interviews in the summertime because things are a little crazy, but we're ready to get moving during the school year. So I will see you next week, same time, same place. Have a great week.